You're listening to the Story Embers Podcast, a podcast dedicated to guiding and inspiring Christian storytellers to glorify God with excellent craftsmanship. I'm your host, James Nola, and welcome to episode 65, Who is My Story For? Welcome everyone to today's episode on the Story Embers podcast. I'm your host, James Nola. I'm Laurie Scott. I'm Mariposa Airsteel. And I'm Des Lamb. And today we're discussing the question, who is my story for? Audience can have a huge role on how we write our stories, especially when we're planning to publish our works. We present them to a particular audience or particular group of people. And today we're discussing how the choice of that group of people you're writing for affects the writing choices you make during the process. So the first question I'd love to talk with you guys about is in terms of Christian audience versus secular audience. How does knowing which of these two audiences I'm writing for affect my process? For the most part, I write implicit Christian fiction. So oftentimes my stories could easily be read by both audiences. When I'm writing specifically for Christians, though, I am more likely to have a stronger spiritual theme, which doesn't necessarily mean my other stories don't have spiritual themes, but the undertones are a bit more pronounced, recognizable rather than subversive. They also may be themes that are more relatable to whichever audience I'm writing to. So, for example, if I'm writing a Christian story, I may be diving into temptations of Christian my faith in their, their wall. That's not going to be applicable to general audiences. If, however, I'm writing for the general market, I may instead be diving into broader concepts like good versus evil, which both Christians and non-Christians can relate to and understand to a degree, even if they hold different worldviews. Yeah, it depends a lot on you as a person as well. It's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all thing. For instance, I think I take a bit of a devil-maker attitude compared to most Christian authors as to what what market I necessarily fit into. I try to present things, particularly very spiritual aspects, and I think a way that's pretty broadly palatable, but I'm not really filtering anything I believe or want to say in any way. I just want to write the story I want to write. And I kind of figure that the audience will find itself to a degree, but certain people will feel differently about that, and there's nothing wrong with that. So part of it is finding what you're really passionate about and how you think. Also, I don't necessarily think that there's always this sacred secular divide, even with the market. For instance, Chariots of Fire is a great example of a, uh, a Christian, well, it wasn't necessarily Christian produced. It was what 20th Century Fox or something that produced it. I don't know who wrote the script or whatever, but it's very strong Christian themes, but it was wildly successful in the general market. And really... A good story is a good story, no matter what. And I read, I'm sure we all read, books by secular and and authors of different religions that we really enjoy. Now, we may not enjoy that if they're all out embracing values that we strongly disagree with and are very gung-ho about that. But oftentimes, that's just because they're presenting as propaganda, which is bad storytelling in the first place. And it's really going to have to be a little extreme for us to get mad at it just because of the views, even if the storytelling is very good. Or maybe not get mad at it, but just, eh, it's not for us. 
So I think it's the same way with the general audience. I don't view non-Christian readers as necessarily bigoted towards Christian fiction, but there is definitely such a thing as a book that's intended for Christian readers. And I think where that line comes in is what assumptions can you make? Assumptions of, you know, you may have to explain a lot of things about church culture to a non-believer, for instance, that you don't want to do in your book. You just want to write to people who understand what it's like to, to attend church. Or it could be certain values that just don't make sense to people who aren't Christians. Things like that. Things you just may not care to write out so much getting readers caught up or getting them emotionally prepared to be interested in your topic. And so that's fine. Certain books should be written just for Christians. Okay, I'm going to jump in on here. About 95% of my writing is specifically for Christian audiences, both in the early chapter books I wrote and in the young adult novels I'm writing right now. They're specifically geared for a Christian audience. And while I would hope a secular audience would pick it up and enjoy it, I have had people pick up a book, and once they know that there is Christian content in it, such as prayer, or perhaps the Bible verse, they will politely set it down and walk away. Now, having said that, one thing I think that we're seeing more of, just even as a school teacher, looking at the books that are available and going to conferences where I see lots of the new books being produced in the general market, many of them do have a very strong agenda attached to them. And this agenda is not necessarily what the world would consider harmful, but a lot of it does go against my Christian upbringing. And I think that as writers, as Christian writers, we do have a mission to reach our audience with hope, with a good moral standing, with the idea that going out and drinking and smoking and doing drugs is not a natural passage of life or a natural thing that has to happen when you're a teenager, that we can choose to not do those things as a teenager. I think we need some good models out there of what you might call clean stories that are still engaging and imaginative and powerful and yet let our readers know that there is a spiritual side to life. And that's not something that we as Christian writers shy away from. Now, I will say that when I first started writing, I was writing science fiction and I was writing for a general audience and I was writing short stories. But what I discovered as I was writing is I still could not keep my faith, that sense of hope, that sense of there is a God out there, out of my writing. So I would find ways like Deus and Mariposa referred to, um, presenting that in a way that wouldn't necessarily be religious in nature. But eventually, as I continue to write, I have a really hard time just keeping those elements out. So I write for the Christian audience, and I'm proud to do so. And nothing against those who write for general market, but there's a place for both on the bookshelf. Yeah, I want to say like a band to all that you said there, Lori. And it kind of reminds me of something that Sarah Ella said at Realmakers during one of her sessions. She's talking about spiritual themes in your story. And that sometimes writers like, oh, I have to have this spiritual theme in my story. But a lot of times that regardless of what audience you're writing for, your spiritual themes are still going to be in the story, whether you consciously try to do it or not, just because you are a Christian. 
And because you're a person, your beliefs are going to lead into your writing. Sometimes it will be like very more prominent and sometimes it will be more subtle, but it's still, it's going to be there. It's going to be there, whether it's by having hope at the end or showing light versus darkness, it's still going to be there regardless of whether you're trying purposely to or not. And I think we should also distinguish between risking getting a bad review and just entering a market that you're not designed for. For instance, you know, if you have a very explicitly Christian fiction story and you're trying to market it in the general market, with very few exceptions, you're probably not going to sell hardly any books. It's just the marketing pitch is not there for that audience. And so you may actually have less of an impact that way than if you are targeting it to Christian readers with Christian sort of keywords in the marketing or such. But that's not to say that if your book is easily marketable to the nonfiction crowd, but you still have something in there, not the whole book, but a part of it that very naturally has something explicitly Christian in it. And if someone gets upset at that, that's not a bad thing. That's one way for the audience to work itself out, for the wrong people to stay away from your book, the right people to find it, people who are more open-minded. As long as you are being very careful not to write propaganda, you're writing authentically, artistically, and you know, you're getting people to look over it. You don't have to feel bad. If you feel good about what you did, you don't have to feel bad if someone else doesn't. That's honestly their fault, not yours. So at the end of the day, it's okay to be disruptive. It's okay to make enemies. You just shouldn't try to. You should try to be peaceful and give people what they want as much as possible, as long as you're still writing what you're passionate about. I'm going to jump in here. This is a little off topic. I recently came across a Christian forum where they were saying, we've got all these very dark novels out there now in the children's market. And what do we do? What do we do about that? And one of the things I think is true across the board, I think that our readers need to really get out there and support our authors who are writing, whether they're writing for the general market or the Christian market, if they are Christian writers, please, please pick up their book. If you don't have money to pick up their book, then request the book from the library, go to the bookstore, request the book. You can also write reviews for authors. We can help each other. We can lift each other up and we can encourage and generate sales because what it comes down to for a lot of publishers, it's not how good your story is. It's what you can sell. So if we have some good Christian stories out there, I would say do the best you can to promote them on social media, to leave them a review, to do what you can to support them. I typically on my social media, I try to follow my Christian writers. And when they have a book come out, post it to my stories, let people know, write them a review, jump on their launch team, do what I can. Yeah, that is so very true. And I'm definitely 100% down for that, Lori. Like, like I am part of some author street teams. And like, whenever they have a cover of Bill, I try to share either to my feed or to my story. And it's just, it's just a small thing that doesn't take much time. And it can really help spread the word and help support those authors if you can't, let's say, afford to buy their book at, at a certain time, you can still help authors and others so many, so many other ways to support them and help them to thrive. Yeah, I love that. My next question for you guys, at what point in the process should I know who I'm writing for? Should I know at the start 
Or could I discover who I'm writing for as I discover the story? I fall on the side of knowing who you're writing for from the get-go. This is just me, but when I write for children, I have very specific age groups that I'm addressing, and they have very specific needs. So I like to have just one person in mind when I write my story. That's who my audience is. Now, that doesn't mean I can't reach people outside of that audience, because I probably could, but that's the one I'm targeting. So for me, it's from the get-go. I think it depends, like, on each writer, because, like, for me, I don't know who I'm writing for until, like, the third draft. And sometimes my reader persona will evolve as the story does, because as I gain clarity on the story, I gain clarity on about who I'm writing for. But the funny thing I've discovered recently as I was writing a book proposal for my current story, and I was filling out the audience section about who I'm writing for in this story. And what was interesting is that who is writing for this current story is who I'm writing for in all my stories, and I didn't know it. Granted, there were some small things that will vary, like age, you know, if I'm writing YA versus middle grade. But always, always, I'm writing for those who, as I said in my proposal, have overactive imaginations and a first for exploration. They are go-getters on a mission to make the world a better place, even when everyone tells them it's a lost cause. They care deeply about those closest to them, where they are blood relatives or adopted into their found family. And I just found that that's the type of person I'm writing for, and I found out that was just mind-blowing to me, and it gave me such clarity. Not so much on writing my stories, and I was writing for these people anyway. I just, I didn't know it. Um, but other things like my platform and creating social media content. I think it really helps us as an author if we know the type of person we're writing for and like everything we write. Because even if things like age or other, other factors vary, there's often time, well, not, not all the time, but a lot of times there's going to be some kind of common thread throughout our stories. It's like an invisible tapestry that ties each unique story into your brand as an author. So in other words, who you're writing for is probably someone specific, even if you don't know who that person is yet. Yeah, on the one hand, this isn't something you have to be oh so serious about and get it down perfectly or everything is going to fail. Writing is a crazy process and who knows how it works out. It's a miracle that any book works out. And it's okay <laughs> to not do everything to the nth degree perfectly. But I think Mary Provost is right that every book does have an audience. And I was saying that, you know, I care so much whether my book is for Christians or non-Christians so much. And as I was thinking about it, I think I narrowed it down to, I am trying to be that author who appeals to both. And that actually is an audience that's a little distinct from the Christian audience or the secular audience, because that's a more specific bandwidth of people. And that's a interesting revelation. I would say that generally better to know beforehand, but the key is to once you know who you're writing for, to make servicing them your biggest priority. And don't necessarily worry about your own ego or comparing yourself to other writers. Just serve that audience that you have identified. Sometimes when you're writing shorter pieces instead of novels, if you're writing short stories or articles, you do have to know exactly who you're writing for, especially if it's for a magazine, because they have already told you what your audience is. And so you have to say, this is who I'm writing for. 
I will match the style that's needed to reach this particular slice of audience. Yeah, I would say like, you know, short stories and like submitting to publications is different from writing novels, the audience and like also your brand and the author. Um, So yeah, it's two different worlds there in a sense. Yes, that's really interesting. My last question for you guys, when is it good to write for myself versus writing for others? And similarly, when is it good for someone to write to the people closest to them as opposed to writing for a public audience? Well, I would say the first draft is for yourself, like, period. And it's probably a good thing because, like, at the point when it's the first draft, it's usually so terrible that you're the only person who's going to want to read it. But, like, for me, like, with each draft of the story, it becomes less and less about myself and more and more about my readers. But one important distinction I'd like to make here is that we're often so worried about when we should write for ourselves and when we should write for others. But I don't think that's the first thing we ought to be asking ourselves. No matter what stage of the writing process we're in, the focus should be on, are we writing for God? Because if that is our first and primary focus, it takes care of the other two questions. It's like the commandment of love God with all your heart. It encompasses all the other commandments because if we love God, we will love our neighbor because that's what he would want us to do. And we'll obey his other commands because that's what he would want us to do. So if we write with a love for God, we will many times write instinctively for others, even if we think we're writing for ourselves. Because when we're focused on what God wants and not what we want, that is what is going to make a difference in our writing. Yeah, that truly is the starting place right there. Though I do think there is a bit of a practical distinction sometimes. You know, if you're writing for yourself, your writing process might be a little different if you're self-consciously aware, this is just for me. I would say, first of all, whatever you're writing, whenever you're writing, always write for yourself. You know, if you don't enjoy your writing, what are you doing? Writing is painful enough as it is. So write for yourself all the time. There are definitely times when it's clear that you should just be writing for yourself. You know, if you're 14 and nobody but yourself would pay to read your novel, whether you like it or not, you're writing for yourself now, and that's a good thing. You should enjoy it as much as possible, and very soon you'll be writing for others. Another time you should be writing for yourself is if you're writing for a wound rather than a scar, meaning it's some emotional injury that you haven't quite gotten over. And often writing is a great way to process that, but that's not really something you want to share with somebody else. People don't need to just see your emotional blood splattered all over the page. You want to give them something more wholesome and well-rounded. So when writing is almost like journaling for you, it should be private. But it's a wonderful thing to share writing with others. I think that's often the reason God gives you that gift of writing. It's because it is so powerful. And he probably wants to use it. Can't guarantee that, but there's a good chance. So stay open to that. And even if you're a little scared of sharing your writing with others, if you're at that stage, hey, like Mary Posta said, just honor God first. It's his story, after all, even more than yours. And so just be willing to let him use it if he wants to. And to kind of tag on to, to those thoughts, which are all very, very good and very well-spoken. I think sometimes the idea is, like you said, you're writing for an audience of one, God, or yourself. But how many people are you going to want to reach? 
when I went through a miscarriage earlier, I wrote a story mostly for myself about the experience and how I felt. And it was later when I met another woman who also had a miscarriage. And I was like, you know what? I wrote this and I wonder if it would help you. So I think when we discover that our writing gives us an opportunity to communicate with other people, that's when we're writing for a wider audience, even if that audience is just one or two people. Thank you so much, Laurie, Mariposa, and Deus for your thought-provoking discussion on today's episode. Have a topic or question you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast? Email info at storyembers.org to let us know. And as always, special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Taylor Clarkson, Michael Stanton, and Renee Kennedy. And finally, join us again on October 16th as we discuss the topic, writing short stories as preparation for writing novels on the next episode of the Story Embers podcast.